Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Alberta IoT. A huge thank you to Brenda Beckendorf and her team for the work they're doing to establish Alberta as the worldwide center of excellence for the Internet of Things technology. Okay, before we go any further, IoT, you say? In an era of acronyms, it's never been easier to get lost in the weeds of jargon. Let's start with the basics. What is the Internet of Things? Well, IoT describes the network of physical objects, the things, that are embedded with sensors, software, and other technologies for the purpose of connecting and exchanging data with other devices and systems over the Internet. Thank you, Google, for that definition. Let's take it one step further. Think the smart thermostat in your home, the Apple Watch on your wrist, all the way to the remote sensors on a piece of equipment 100 miles from the nearest town. We are surrounded with sensors in all aspects of our life, and with the evolution of the Internet and our ability to bring all of those sensors together and then to process large amounts of data, the Internet of Things is being used to make our lives better, safer, make our companies more profitable, and the list continues. Alberta IoT was founded in 2017 by a group of passionate Albertans and has grown to over 175 member companies. These range from startups to established organizations who are pivoting and expanding into this exciting sector. At the core of the Alberta IoT approach is the ability for leaders to share a common voice and to support each other to grow as an entire sector. We are stronger together, and Alberta IoT has provided the platform and essentially the ability for these companies to come together to share that voice. From their fast track program, to their work with government, to helping increase visibility for local companies. They are at the intersection of this amazing growth opportunity. Join me as I chat with some of the zebras and soon-to-be unicorns in Alberta who are helping to put our province on the map as a global leader in IoT. To find out more about Alberta IoT and its member companies, as well as upcoming events, please visit their website at www.albertaiot.com. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Mr. Peter Crawley. How are you, Peter? I'm really very good. Thank you, Tyler. And you, sir? I am fantastic. Uh, we have been doing the mandatory talk about the weather here before we push record, so we'll spare our audience the, <laughs> the standard Canadian five-minute we- weather chat. But Peter, you are coming on as part of our partnership with Alberta IoT, which is a, something I'm really excited about. And I think, not to oversimplify, but just makes a heck of a lot of sense for our province and kind of what we are arguably good at here. So before we get into also not making any assumptions that people understand what it is or what IoT even, even means or stands for, let's introduce you and a little bit of your company. So you're the president and CEO at PCC Integrate. And I love to jump in the elevator with people. So we got 30 floors. Peter, good to meet you. Tell me about PCC Integrate. What are you guys all about? Well, I, I, the kicker is in the actual name. Um, we added the integration part of it some time ago. Uh, we started delivering uh, design, build, physical infrastructure, cabling systems, data cable okay. systems um, when we first came to Canada. The integration part of it has has flowed as that pathway and that integration system or that uh, cabling system has allowed us to add things from sound masking, lighting, AV, audiovisual, and all of those sort of good things. So that's what we provide. Uh, where we're a little bit different is that we offer a design build service. Okay. So we own it, cradle to grave, one throat to choke, and all those good <laughs> sayings. And uh, yeah, yeah, for that reason, um, and plus a couple of solutions that we'll we'll get into in terms of what we did and we designed in Europe and brought with us to Canada. So um, we've come with a slightly different. Okay, approach. interesting. How long have you guys been? Uh, you know, how long have you been since you've come to come to kind of set up shop here? Okay, we arrived in 2005, uh, having spent a couple of um, recce-type visits um, on different parts of Canada and having holidayed here several times. Been lucky enough to work around the world and fell in love with Canada. Nice. And um, for that reason, 
we were here and just as we were about to board a flight and arrive in uh, Ontario, the good people at the Alberta Economic De um, Department jumped in and said, uh, we've seen your business plan. We know you have an existing business and you're restarting. You would fit very nicely into Calgary and into Alberta. So come and have another look. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know did. that part of the, that part of the story. So that was that was definitely our CD at work doing the right outreach and and incentivized and basically yeah. warm open arms and it got you guys because of course my next question was why Calgary but that that gives that oh that's fantastic I didn't know that it, it was it was one of those things where uh, we went to an immigration show and we were there really to find out more about the housing and all of those um those important things you really need to know um, when you're when you're making that kind of move we did not expect to have a business chat there we'd already made our decision that we were coming to Canada. Uh, but to be introduced to what was going on. And uh, in our line of business, when somebody says that the uh, city is a forest of cranes and there are 27 towers going up at the time, of which 18 were commercial. Um, oh, oh, by the way, it's 45 minutes into uh, sunshine. Yeah. Uh, that was it. <laughs> that was done. I appreciate the value. Done and dusted. And why, why did you guys, again, we're going way back into the, in, into, into the history bank, into the history books here, but why, why did you guys end up leaving? Like, what was the main impetus to leave the UK to come to like, cause like you, I, you hinted at this, it's no small uh, venture to move a company and families and everybody across sure. the other side of the world. True. Very true. Uh, yes, there were a few people who wanted to feel the bumps on the head and see exactly what we were doing, especially we, we had an existing business. Um, the running business in the UK went from being 24-7 to becoming 25-8, okay. mm -hmm. um, a real high pressure. Um, what we noticed, then to say, again, lucky to have worked in many, many parts of the world, from Moscow City to Mexico City. Um, but to spend time in, in Canada and see the balance and how things are, uh, uh, the balance between family life, business life and everything else that was going on, um, it was extremely attractive. We thought we would try a tour of duty for five years. And uh, once we were landed and we were in for six months and thought, we're not going back. That's a fantastic story. It's great. To, one of my one of my other sub shows is uh, Beyond the Echo because you know you the, the old joke you, you know you can't you can't see the label when you're inside the bottle. And we take I think it's easy to take a lot of what you just mentioned for granted when you live in it every day. And that's just human. You, you, you but to hear it coming from the outside and seeing all of the value propositions that line up of you know why not only was this a friendly business climate but it was also very family and human friendly. Like it it, it was it was a good place for your people as well. <laughs> When you get people stepping out in um, in all sorts of conditions to come and help you at home and to just to be talking proactively about winterizing and things things that were were not second nature to us and what have you and we, we understood what it is to be um, in a neighborhood again and it's uh, it's extremely rewarding. Oh, that's such a, that's oh, you warm my heart. We could stop the podcast right there, and that would be that would be that would be a good a good episode. <laughs> um, sometimes the the best kept secret of Calgary is uh, you know, doesn't doesn't do us any favors, but it once and I, I like what you said, and I've talked to some people in travel and tourism, and they said like a lot of people that end up moving here, they were here on vacation or they had met somebody or they came for something else a business meeting even and went well wait a second i kind of like this vibe here they're the the, the try before you buy kind of kind of concept and so from a from a pcc perspective do you currently have clients all over the world or in moving to north america did that also allow you to shift where your where your target or where your customers were actually located okay uh as far as since we've been operating here in canada we've we've really concentrated in in okay. canada um We've been so lucky that Calgary's been so good to us, as has Alberta and then Canada in turn. Um, 
I'm a great believer in doing it in your own backyard before you start looking elsewhere. Um, so for that reason, at the end of the day, we uh, we entrenched ourselves here in Calgary. Once that success was growing, then we opened an office in Edmonton. And then four years ago, we opened up in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo okay. in Ontario. And so to make sure that we've got uh, a widespread coverage here in, in, in Canada. Um, I'd, I've been through that experience of trying to be a global support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what we wanted to do. We quite uh, deliberately said, this is our business model. We do it in our backyard. Um, things are going to change a little bit going forward, and that's uh, that's for the next episode. I think I warned you about that <laughs> yep, previously. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, to be <laughs> Certain things to I be can't uncover. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Um, it was a deliberate choice. It was a deliberate choice to make sure we satisfy the um, the immediate audience and the immediate customer base and then nationally as opposed to uh, internationally. Okay, no, I do appreciate all the logistics. Anyone who's tried to, you know, ex- fight the war on too many fronts, <laughs> lots of historical examples where that didn't work out. <laughs> not, not to use war, not to use Absolutely. those analogies, but so curious, when it comes to what you guys do, like, is this, am I oversimplifying by putting you in the category of smart buildings and smart builds and like all of this trend? I think that's a more of a commercial or sorry, more of a, a term as, as consumers, we hear the smart home and your smart thermostat and your smart everything. Is that where you guys play? And it, it, like, is it, is that an oversimplification or is that, is that kind of the category? Mm. It's not an oversimplification. It's probably the best description you can okay. give. Um, it's, it's, uh, as anybody who's in the industry will know that this is an overnight success, this whole smart um, trending and and, uh, and the way it's moved. That overnight is, is like 30 to 40 years actually in the making. There's very few overnight um, but, successes when you peel back the layers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first career was with the banks. I did 10 years with Citibank and six years with Barclays. And it was about creating intelligent smart spaces. Okay. Um, if I told you that that was in the back end of the 80s and the early 90s, then you'll realize just how long I've been working for this. Um, anyway, yes, very much involved with the with the smart buildings, um, very much with commercial enterprises. It's it's not anything to do with residential as it sits at the okay. moment. Um, but yes, if, if you play that back, though, what you expect to be able to do at home, uh, on your drive home to say that you would like a certain temperature, you'd like a certain ambient light to be able to do that, we can do that on apps quite easily today. Um, we absolutely have got to be doing this at a commercial level, at an enterprise level, um, to make um, the efficiencies and everything else that goes with smart. I mean, my big definition, I mean, everybody asked me, said, when you're talking about smart buildings, what are you creating? I said, efficiencies. Because efficiencies leads to comfort, leads to saving dollars. It means all sorts of great things, ESG compliance, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things that we're actually moving towards. And the the, um, the whole smart movement has just accelerated to uh, unbelievable levels right now. So when we talk about IoT and how the integration comes together and the internet things, to me, it's about creating efficiency and sharing data, mining data, and becoming efficient and becoming capable. So is this also like, I have a lot of guests on the show, it's also just an amazing convergence when you think about where technology is at, our ability to move this data around, our ability to process large amounts of data, our ability to, it's fine to have connected devices, but if you can't do anything with that information, it all sits in a, in a nameless, faceless database somewhere. Is this also, you know, you mentioned DSG, is it also just a culmination, like that overnight success comment? Is it, is it also, do you see it, the fact that we've just arrived at a place where these things are now able to gel, to create those efficiencies in a way that we can actually see them? So it's not... There's, we've all seen the, the PowerPoint with the abstract, oh, this could be an efficiency you get down the road versus real tangible dollars saved and quality of life of your of your people or your occupants of your building uh, elevated. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, let's let's try and keep this reasonably short. But uh, <laughs> yeah, in, <laughs> um, there are uh, a, a million different angles to actually look at this. But I, I tend to talk to people today about stars aligning. Um, as I say, it, an overnight success for for thirty, forty years. Um, We've always known about capabilities. We've always always known about what we're striving towards. Uh, but there have to be a number of things that that tick boxes in order for it to become a reality. First of all, it has to be commercially sensible. And uh, th there has to be benefits at, at every level for something to really catch fire. Um, so I'm I, when I look at our ecosystem and we're talking about the smart buildings themselves, it has to be the owner, the developer. It has to be... Uh, the construction company, you have to have the building management team, you have to have, and God bless them, that the people at the end of the day are going to pay money to be in that building, the tenants, all of these have to be considered. At the same time, you're starting to look and see exactly what we're doing with our world and in terms of raw materials. Uh, um, just talking about the data cabling alone, just at the very base level, and that's what we're talking about, the, the bottom of the pyramid, if you like. Um, copper and, and and such, it's it's not endless. Um, so why do we continue to um, do this point-to-point -point cabling system and then rip it out and do it again when a new tenant comes in and put all that stuff into the landfill when, in fact, we can make it a modular plug-and-play solution, which has been around for 20 years. Uh, it just took us to come to Canada to actually introduce it to the market and to uh, to show people what could be done. So, so there's... Um, Lots of stars aligning, Tyler, is the answer to the question, to be honest with you. And I think that's why we're catching fire right now. Okay. So when you say the comment, like, is this as simple as the, you know, short-term versus long-term thinking around, well, I'm going to put in this cable yeah. now, it's going to cost me a little bit less perceived in the short-term, which it will, versus doing a modular installation that maybe costs a bit more. But when I run that modular solution out over the next 15 I'm going to stop you straight away. I'm going to kill you straight away because, again, that is one of those perceptions that if it has added benefits, it should cost more money and we don't mind paying a premium we get the long-term benefits uh systems like this don't normally catch fire unless you're actually competitive okay. um so we actually deliver a reusable modular cabling system for example and it's cheaper than doing it traditional and there's a reason it's because it's factory um designed and built and pre-tested and comes to site and the actual labor to put it in is 25 percent of the time it takes to do a traditional system so you're saving labor right the way down the line so uh sorry for no, interrupting no, please thank you i was just, going down the old are, school that, traditional path uh, yeah no thank you get it get it completely get it completely and then as soon as you, you get to day one and you you hand over a project then you've enabled people to be able to do a number of things. One is to make moves and changes. One is to be able to um, reconfigure their spaces. And that's a pretty handy thing to do in today's market. Um, and there's, uh, beyond that, it goes, it's, it's exponential. But what we're actually putting in is a foundation that when you're thinking smart, so long as you have some software in the background that is bringing these systems together, and there's, there are a lot of people that are chasing that part of the market in terms of the smart and intelligent world, um, and, and God bless them for doing that because um, that's, a, that, that's a big ticket item. Um, ours is actually laying the foundation just to do the enabling part of it. What we do is we enable smart. 
Um, and then you just layer things on top of it. Now we're already layering. So we, we talk about the data network, the IT network. Yes, that's the obvious, that's the given. It runs over category cabling, but then you're adding a sound masking system. You're adding audio visual, which is all digitized today. You're now working on a lighting system into a building that has sensors in it that is running off of category cable, not the old um, standard power delivery and all the costs associated with that. So what you're actually doing is creating an infrastructure that allows you to layer smart on top. So you can do that today, be completely standards compliant, cover everything that's required for today and then layer on the extra bits. It, it's like making a decision on a phone. This is the analogy that I use all the time. You just de decide on the, the device that you're going to be choosing. You, you decide on a platform, whether you're going to go on an Apple mm -hmm. platform, whether you're going to go on an Android platform or what have you. But then you just layer on the apps. As and when th people think of, oh, how can I make this? Well, guess what? They're going to put it on that device because that device is what enables you to actually run the app. It's the same thing when you're putting a smart building together. There are certain things that we can do today that are perfectly safe, that are standards compliant, that are going to service you going forward and enable you within the building to just keep layering on the smart side of things. Okay, that makes sense. So from what you're- it Does that does, make sense? It does. Um, curious, with that in mind, when you're in a position to deal with the builder, the, the the owners of the building, the people that are coming in, is there awareness? Like, are we at a point, I guess, how much of your world is education versus like actual application? Because are you still having to go in and say, well, geez, we've done it this way for 50 years. Here's a new way because construction, as I've been told by many of my guests, is famously slow to change. But yet I'm starting to hear more and more that everybody's getting on the train because that's just the, the nature of every industry now is being disrupted in one way or another. Well, there's, there are a number of... Um great things in that line that, that, that I just, I could go for hours on this one alone. First and foremost, I'm, I'm just going to go on the positive side of construction. Okay. And let's not talk about the fact that it, yes, traditionally it's slow to adopt and we get all of those things. And there are lots of trades out there that, that sell labor. I get that. All right. So that's, that's the, let's just get rid of that straight away. It's so good when we're talking about the Alberta IOT and you talk about board members who are part of the PCL group, who are part of Ellis Don, for example, big construction companies who are coming to the table knowing that their clients are asking for smart buildings who want to be involved in the IoT world and understand where the benefits are. Everything from carrying out their own functions efficiently, but also providing that efficient, capable building that is, um, that is tomorrow's desired place to live, not yesterday's place to move away from. Does that <laughs> make does. sense? It does. We've got a time. Yeah, yeah. If you think about the architect, so, sorry, if we talk about like, you know, architects and designers helping out end users who are, who are putting buildings together and have been for, a, well, they do it all the time, constantly with the view that it's coming out the ground in two or three years time. This is why the design is so important now to include everything that is required of a smart building uh, to get it early because you don't want to be bringing anything out of the, the out of the ground on going forward that is not got a smart label on it because otherwise you're just building yesterday's building. Yes, you're you're building for you're you're building for the future. It's like when I talk to clients about their their websites or any of their marketing collateral, it's like you've got to build it for almost two years from now, or it's outdated the day you launch it. And that's hard because it takes it's Absolutely. it's a more it lives in the more conceptual realm. But but in your world, it very very quickly becomes very solidified. <laughs> concrete concrete yeah. and cable and now, steel is very real and hard to change easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if, if we go to the other part of the question in terms of like, are we being driven or are we still doing the education? The education has been a long process. I mean, 
uh, as I say, arriving in 2005, I would say the first five years was nothing but education. I mean, we did business, but it, and it was growing slowly. But, you know, convincing people to move from a traditional way of doing things to actually um, understand where the benefits. And we were always talking about the smart is going to be coming. Understand that you need to start creating this environment now. And and some people jumped on very quickly. I mean, the more mature builders um, and the more mature uh, clients um, knew what they wanted very, very early. They they, they didn't know why they didn't know what the end game was they didn't know everything that was going to be given to them i mean if i'd said to, to people that we were providing infrastructure for 10 years ago that the lighting system would be sitting on it it'd be running to the network and the data gathering is going constantly in terms of what the assets are doing where people are moving to uh, what the heat might be what the lighting systems are and, and, and everything adjusting they would have said that i was smoking crack but that's exactly what was being created uh, in order for them to be capable. I mean, um, the reason that we're with the Alberta IoT is that one of their chief sponsors is is MNP, and I'm going to do some name dropping. Yeah. Um, MNP as a um, uh, as a financial house, as a as a very large accounting house, uh, and a, a large number of partners who who own that business, they get money, they get efficiencies, and we've been providing this smart solution for them since um, since 2009. And every building that they produce and every office that they open has got our integrated solutions in them. But as a sponsor of um, the Alberta IoT, they invited us to the golf day. We came along and had a wonderful day and then found, actually, hang on a minute, there's an organization here that's actually got a voice that is actually helping us um, promote our platform and uh, introducing us to the likes of the construction people at the right level and understanding where we can all help each other. And so if you're asking me how I feel about the Alberta IoT on the back, you might have already got the tones here that I just love what they're doing. No, oh, I, 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 I appreciate great, that. Uh, great team. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you yep. more. Um, from the perspective of, a, yep. of an organization that's been in Alberta since 05 and kind of been along the rides and the ups and downs, just the concept of, of IoT, it's a, it's a relatively new term or certainly it was like a lot of people I've shared it with, they don't even know what it means, Internet of Things. So for your industry that was existing and operating and now this term IoT to come in, is it just a coming together? Is it just a natural evolution? I'm just thinking about how now all of a sudden having a, a focus on this and then having a whole myriad of different companies plugging into IoT because there's, there isn't one version of it. There's many. So curious your views of how you see that as far as, you know, I know their, their goal to be the center of excellence globally for IoT, you know, being Alberta has the ability and, you know, why not us? We're as entitled to it and have the backbone to do it as much as anywhere. So for a company that's been here for as long as you have operating, probably without the term IoT floating around as much as it is now, how do you see that evolution? And do you agree with like, for, as far as Alberta being well positioned to really play in that space globally? Um, let me start working backwards then. Um, well positioned, yes, but there'll be a lot of people who believe they are. Okay. Um, I just happen to know how well uh, and i've made the statement already earlier in this um this piece and that is how well calgary's looked after us as a business and how alberta's looked after us as a business and encouraged us to grow and away we've gone um so i'm going to say firsthand that i think alberta's very very well placed so long as that momentum continues okay. so long as the the kinds of noises we were making a few years ago the just how essential it is to to um for, for the diversification of our business here. No, nobody's going to pretend that the energy isn't 
you know, front and centre. And it will be, and I, I look at the oil prices and I see things creeping back up again. And my biggest fear is that, that we lose focus on some of the areas that we've been concentrating on. That would be my only words of caution. And I, I'm not a negative person. So um, caution is, that's as far as I'm going to go. I think we're extremely well placed. I think there's some great talent here. And I think the right people, and the Alberta IT, as, as I say, um, they've been, They've been very smart about this in terms of bringing not just the people who play in the IoT spaces, but people like construction. All, all the, uh, bringing everybody who's involved I think to the table. It, it, it's an ecosystem. Yeah. It's massive. And it, it goes everywhere from developers to landlords to tenants to the construction company to, to everybody involved, plus the technicians and the application developers and everything that goes with that massive ecosystem. Why would we not want to be front and center of that? Well, actually, we do, and we'll do what we can to make sure that happens. I happen to have a branch in a, of the business in, in Kitchener-Waterloo. They would like to be those people, too. They'd like to be the other end of the corridor um, that they that like to refer to. I get that, um, but I, I do think we're in a unique position. And I think necessity um, is also important. And I think, you know, with where we've been and how things have been and energy reliance, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. We just need to keep just that one eye on this and making sure at the end of the day we don't lose focus and that the messaging continues all the way through. That's probably a little bit more than you was no, expecting, that's all right. Tyler, but that's me just being... <laughs> Peter, I never, want sh I, I never expect short, easy answers. I want, to get to, I want to get to the nuts and bolts of it. You mentioned Kitchener-Waterloo. Uh, you know, looking at Canada, is it fairly equally balanced when you look at just you know, IoT or even just your, your specific role that you play in the world? Is it fairly like, I'm always looking for who's in the lead, who can we learn from, who's doing it really well. When you look at Canada, is it fairly equal or is it imbalanced? And when you look globally, I guess, is there places that you look in the world to go, wow, they've really running with this or that there's certain, certain business ecosystems or even construction ecosystems where we're five years behind or, or, or we're ahead. Cause I always want to learn from someone who's, you know, if someone's, someone's ahead of me, I want to learn from them. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say certain people are more in front and certain people behind. They just have different focuses okay. in certain areas. I, I, um, Kitchener Waterloo has got some, uh, and, and certainly the, the whole area there, um, there's some talent without question. Um, they may just be focused in a slightly different area. And the reason that I can comment on that is, um, and it, it's a great warming story, so we'll just go there. Um, we were lucky enough to have done some some fit-out work with some, um, some construction and fit-out contractors out in that particular area. And they had a half a million square foot premises that was going to be turned into an IoT space and an incubator for, and it, it brought in companies like Myovision who do smart city um, traffic control. It brought in people like Kik who were going to be the next unicorn and unfortunately um, legislation changed and they went out of business overnight. But but lots of companies, uh, Toyota are there, Borg Warner are there. That, that, that all these people went into that that particular building, and the idea was to make it IoT friendly, to make sure it was integrated, make sure everything could work together. They couldn't find anybody locally to actually bring the full integration together that understood the whole vision. Lots of guys would say, I'll come and look after the network for you. Right. I'll look after the audio visual for you. I'll look after the, um, the, the, the heating and ventilation and everything. And I'll look after the electrical, but nobody was looking after the actual integration of it. And so we got a call here in, in Calgary through, through the, edu uh, through the um, introduction of one of those developers and um, the people who own the building and what have you called us. And within seven days, we had a contract to go and fit out that half a million square feet. 
Um, so who was who's ahead of who? It's 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 a. I'm trying to be polite here and just say at the end of the day, different people have different focuses in different okay. areas. But um, yeah, um, when we see something, uh, and I'm going to blow our horn a little bit here and just say somebody brings something new to the market. Um, let's not just dismiss it and say that we've had a traditional way of doing this for 20 years. Let's not break that tradition. Let's look at it, adopt it, take it forward, and then be ready to then offer it to others, whether it's nationally or globally. Um, I, I think that's the focus. And every member of the Alberta IoT, I look at in exactly the same way when I see who's coming on that's new. What are they bringing up? I mean, we talked about Jay the other day, and in terms of his drones and where that's mm -hmm. going, I'm thinking, that's hey, that's the sexy end of what that we're doing. That is very cool. That is a very world. cool end for sure, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't regard our end as being the sexy end, <laughs> but it is the standards, and it's it's the enabling end. It's If we've got that in place, then uh, we can go forward with... Um, with anything we want to do that's smart. I really appreciate what your position of building that foundation and that backbone that allows all of yep. these different, you know, experts in their own respective areas, but to come in and to create an integrated platform versus having this fragmented, yep. this doesn't talk to that, which as users, that's the most frustrating thing. I don't care if it's on your own device or like, can't I make these two softwares talk to each other or a piece of hardware? And it drives us all crazy, at, even at the, simple, at, at the simplest level. Something about Alberta IoT that I found really interesting was the bit of the melting pot of like, I'm talking to people from all kinds of different industries that all are falling under. I think maybe it, it, it could potentially sometimes be a challenge for the IoT acronym because it means so many different things. So, you know, it, you know yep. I know you were involved in the Fast Track program. When I hear something like Fast Track, it feels like it's oriented towards startups, but I'm hearing that that's not the case, that there's 20-year companies in there and there's six-month companies in there. Maybe talk a little bit about kind of your view around that because that feels a bit unique, like back to the ecosystem comment. I think it is unique. As a, and, and to, again, I'll go back to that uh, that earlier phrase. I mean, it's it's an overnight success for the last thirty years. I mean, some some people have been in business um, and creating smart cars, smart trucks. And when we're talking about smart trucks, we're talking about things at the end of the day that can measure levels, can fuel economy, and everything that has to go. And, and in terms of how um, how efficient they can actually carry and um, uh, distribute the the products that they have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There, there's People have been in lots of different elements of the IoT industry for a long, long time. So they might, they might not have been that uh, fast rising, um, but they've been building towards these stars being aligned for people coming together, for the convergence, for, for the integration, for all of these things happening. So to, to have a voice and to have a body that's recognizing that and um, ready to help people scale up and move into either their end goal or where they might be able to transition and actually better utilize what it is that they've been working on, I think is absolutely outstanding. And so for that reason, they get my, um, they get my plaudits and applause all day long. It's an interesting when you've got a six month, you know, uh, let's just call it a six month startup and then a 20 year company. They're very, they're, they're very, they're good at very different things. You know, that startup might be, have the innovative technology or some breakthrough idea that's not hindered by this is the way we've done it. But then you've got a 20-year company that has financial acumen and has a team and has operational efficiencies and governance. It's very interesting when you put that into a room, the melting pot that can come out of that. It's kind of a force multiplier, again, not from my perspective. 
It, it is, and it was it was quite entertaining as well. Um, <laughs> I bet it was. Because I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the great thing is that the Alberta OT practices what it preaches, right? And especially in the um, the conditions that we have at the moment, that we can't all meet in a room, <laughs> and to be able to use the technology and the conferencing and breakout rooms and all of those sort of things, and then to be able to share time with um, people who have time served in their company and those who are new to the area it's it's wonderful to be able to share those experiences and answer some of those questions and and as i say i, I think i mentioned the drones uh, in particular um something as sexy as that and then you you'll be able to talk really about the ecosystem that we're in um what it's like to work here in calgary and some of the people that you might want to be employing and all, all, just lots and lots of things and sort of where you might go to get help and grants and all sorts of good things to be able to share all of that information together doesn't matter whether you're a seasoned pro at 20 years or whether you've been there for six months with a, a burning ambition to go and take over the world and make it a better place the ability to collaborate and as my friend always says there's always somebody who stepped on a landmine that you're about to step on if you're willing to take the advice and step in a different place you can save yourself a lot of a lot of heartache <laughs> uh, it's yeah. sounding like it's also a very collaborative industry and i'm certainly hearing that and i you know I, Again, I, I like to think of it as one of Calgary's superpowers is our ability to collaborate and help each other. And I know every ecosystem, every community has that. I do feel that Calgary is exceptionally good at it. And I'm hearing, listening to you talk, it sounds like that's no different in the IoT community as well. Everyone is willing to help everyone else is what, what I'm hearing you say, if I'm, if I'm not interpreting it. Yep, I'd, I'd love to give you a long answer to that one, but no, absolutely right. Spot on. Which is? It's 100% correct. I mean, this is a very collaborative space. On that note, how... For the right reasons, yeah, so, yeah. If, 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 if I might add, it, it's about sharing and caring. Again, this is part of the nature of, that is, well, that is Canadian. It is very Canadian of us, actually. You know? yes, I, I, it I is very Canadian that, to be you sharing. You take it for granted and, when you, when you yeah. live here. How about, uh, how's the arms race for talent in your, in, your, in your space? Like for you guys, do you hire people that are like subject matter trained specifically, or are you bringing people in from the technology sector, the construction? Like it, it feels like it might be a mixed bag of, of, of talent you've got there. I have to say yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's like anything. I, I, you find people with the right attitude at the end of the day, you can train them to do pretty much yeah, anything. Yeah, so as far as that's smart, concerned, smart, that's, smart that's people with want. the right attitude are very adaptive. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Do we need specific skills from time to time? No question. Okay. No question. Um, is it a tough? Yes, it's tough. <laughs> yes, it is finding, tough. Finding good There's people. No question. And for you guys, do you no find question. most of your talent here? Like, again, has has COVID also opened up that your opportunities to find people in other jurisdictions now that there is? Maybe remote work is a little bit more palatable for different companies in different ways. Like, what, what's that been like for you guys? Or has, there, has it been a, a, an impact over the last couple of years? Have, has it changed the way you run your business that way? Um. We're very, very fortunate we don't have a high turnover. Um, and so it's like adding skills. Um, it, it's like when we originally started and we were just concentrating purely on the uh, the physical layer and, and the infrastructure and the, the data cabling to bring people on and say, okay, but we want you to understand all low voltage systems. We want you to learn AV, how to program, how to do this, how to do that. It, it's been a career path for a lot of people. Okay. So for that reason, we've been extremely lucky and um yeah, um, we end up with some very highly skilled, multi-talented. Well, you also check that box of, of, you know, do you feel you're having impact? Do you feel you're learning something new? Do you feel you're always adding value back to the table? And as a team member, that's that's a great way to create retention. You, you're, you know, you're in this box until you're in another box, and we have bolt another box on, and 
that's an exciting opportunity because there's always growth ahead and you don't always know where it's going to be. Like for, and for some of us, that is the secret sauce for kind of fulfillment. Yep. Um, when you talked about design build kind of as a solution, just getting back to the real nuts and bolts of it, and this is, this is my own mind thinking about it. How soon do you guys get at the table? Like there's a, there's a, there's a parking lot downtown that's going to be a building in five years. How soon would an organization like yours be brought in ideally for you to be able to have the most positive impact? Uh, we like to be sitting at the top table pretty much day okay. one. Um, and that's because the, the considerations that are required is it, it's not just about how you deliver your service, but to make sure at the end of the day that um, uh, that integration, that convergence and what have you is, is front and center from, from day dot. It's, it's massively important. Um, I won't go down to some of the um, case studies and things like that. People can find that kind of thing out from, from, um, from material that's already out there, but we have uh, we have very very lucky to have some large um, household names that, that we work with that um, um, have brought us in. And, and, and in fairness, sometimes they bring us in, in even before um, the fit out and the construction companies. Sometimes it's at that that very early stage when we're sitting down with the architect, we're sitting down with the engineers. Um, say this is this is the most versatile space that we can create. This is the most forward-thinking space that we can create. And then afterwards, they will bring on a construction team and say, "Okay, this is our team. These are our this is our choice of solutions. Can you complement that?" Uh, invariably, it means can you supply less labor than you would do normally and still be interested in the project? <laughs> that that's okay. that's the bottom line. But um, but the truth of the matter is, yeah, um, it's it's served extremely well. Um, okay. It feels definitely like you guys have such an opportunity to have that, like whatever that vision, that thesis statement for that building of, we want this building to be able to create this outcome, this feeling, this, this way of people integrating to actually amplify the human experience. It would seem critical from your perspective to be, and then the construction company like, can you now deliver against this vision that's been articulated in a way of like, you know, it's now five years from now and so-and-so is walking down the hallway, what are they going to experience even as a, as a, as a user, as, a, as an occupant of the building, right down to the nuts and bolts of what it costs to operate that thing on an annual basis? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, how many people were, were kind of imagining that time? And, and this is going to be the perfect opportunity. As I say, having gone through COVID and, and, the, and the difficulties and, and everything that's done, um, there's going to be a slow move back to the office. We understand that, but, but, I don't think anybody should be um, confused about this. I mean, there'll be a hybrid. There will be some working from home, but we're going to be wanted back in the office. That's uh, that's going to happen quite naturally. It won't happen overnight, but it's going to happen. And the efficiencies and the comfort that you can provide and the assurances that you can give people through the technology that's available today is massive. So, as I say, stars aligning. It's because the the requirement and the and the um, uh, the amount that people are going to be relying on the technology and data that's being provided to them is 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 incrementalized. It's just exponential, in fact, is the right word. I appreciate we're going to be back in the office, but the demands on that office space and what that means and how it interacts with us is going totally to be a different. lot higher. Curious. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, when you come to work your space now, you don't 
think for one second we're going to come back to that little piece of real estate that is our office or is our cubicle we're going to come in with a swipe card or we're going to come in with a fob and we're going to be directed to that working project area on a different floor because of the economies of only running one or two floors instead of mm-hmm. 10 um, and keeping some of them shut down because there's no point in heating them and lighting them and cleaning them if at the end of the day there's not enough people to staff them all why would you do that we're going to get directed to different spaces and yes, you know you're going to be looking at your cell phone and your mac address is going to be giving you that yellow dot technology that walks you down a corridor and shows you exactly where your seat is and when you arrive it's your services are there at the desk and ready to go and the ambient environment is going to be exactly what you would want it to be it's going to be the right heat right lighting right temperature right everything so yeah it's it's going to be a, a, a different space that we go back to but somewhere where we want to be yeah i think that's the critical that's the critical piece uh, curious this is this is yep. all so I'm not going to oversimplify. I'm oversimplifying. This is all fine and good when you're doing a net new build. How does this type of thinking apply to retrofitting an older building? And you know, there's lots of cities that do have maybe smaller character spaces. Maybe not talking about big towers that become outdated, but also you know, in Calgary we've got a lot of empty you know real estate downtown. It's it's a common you know it's a, it's election day today. It's October 18th. So there's lots of conversations about how are we conquering these these issues. When you when you think about that from your perspective and like repurposing space that maybe does feel a bit dated or doesn't wasn't built with this mindset. Is that is that is that something we're going to have no choice but to figure out as far as a problem? No, I, I think it's an interesting one that we, we tend to overthink it. I mean, um, it doesn't matter which building we're actually looking at. It's shell and core at the end of the day. Um, that's what we're provided as a new build. Um, and when you're given uh, a, a, a brown building as opposed to a green yeah. building, um, you find at the end it's still shell and core. So you're just looking at now. Do you have to make certain considerations for pathways and things of that nature that you wish you could have done years and years ago? fine but there is technology to allow us to to make that happen there is there's no reason not to do the i, I, I mean i've got a great story I'll, I'll talk here i'll go again name dropping um but i won't it's, it's a pipeline company at the end of the day that is it's quite a household name here in alberta and say they they asked us to do the uh, the the head office 14 floors down on fifth avenue um and uh, that was a retro um and it was completely fitted out and top to bottom it took them three years to do it because it's existing space and they had to do swing space at exactly the same time they gave us a greenfield building up in edmonton um right in the center of downtown that uh, they also had 12 14 floors of and uh, that was fitted out within about nine months okay, um, but the same results okay same to- technology went into it same capability within that space now absolutely so yes does it work for existing buildings the same way as it does for new uh, yeah, it's just going to take a little bit longer to get there, and there may be a few added costs. Just no point in trying to say that's not the truth. Yep. No, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate yeah. the honesty, but it it is it is doable, and if the motivations are high enough, and the the need and the outcome warrants it, like a company like that, they Absolutely. have to be consistent. They can't have one team enjoying a certain quality of work life and another team not, because that creates like just from yeah. a cultural perspective. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I wasn't involved with the particular project, but I don't mind name dropping the Edison building. I mean, there's a lot of effort went into making that um, uh, somewhere where people will want to go and work, both on a technology basis, but also, you know, places to to work casually, to collaborate, to do all those good things, to be able to go and walk the dog, yeah. <laughs> all of those yes, sort of things have, at the yeah. end of the day. Hey, absolutely. 
And, and what I'm hearing you also say, you kind of clarified earlier, you, 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 you straightened me out, which was perfect, that this isn't about consumers being willing to pay a premium for this. It's actually to make this really feasible. It has to be economically almost on par with what you would have had to pay for something that didn't have this. We're, we're kind of at that point where, yes, maybe there's some premium pays, but ultimately it's about doing this in a way that is economical or else it won't really catch fire, to your point. Absolutely the truth. I mean, if you... Um if you look back to 2005, when when we arrived, there was a, there was another company in in Calgary coming out of the ground called Dirt. Do it right this time, uh, doing the architectural walls and what have you. And we work very closely with those guys because if you're going to move walls, you need to be able to move the services and the infrastructure. And guess what? We had enabled that to happen for them. Um, but there's a reason that that they caught fire. Um, it wasn't necessarily just because of the 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 cost benefits but actually trying to get people and trades and drywall and things like that to build out your space at that time was nigh on impossible so that was a reason why they they got the momentum they did having said that having got that success they're doing it for the right reasons um, to create architectural spaces and assets in a building that's reusable and movable and flexible and all those good things uh we we tend to share that that same analogy in as much as that's exactly what we're creating and that's what smart will be you know when we get to the end game, when we look exactly, okay, what have we produced? Fully capable, fully flexible, fully collaborative. And is it also spaces we want to yeah, be in? You talk about dirt as an example, or you know, it, it used to it used to feel a little bit like, well, yeah, but those are the the, yeah, the outlier companies that will take that extra step and do that. Where it feels like now it's kind of table stakes across the board. You don't have to be a Google or Facebook or or somebody that's cool, quote unquote, whatever that means, and and trendy from a yeah. brand perspective that did those things, which is like, well, of course they would do that because they're Google versus now it's becoming an expectation across the board, but it's also feeling like it's becoming more accessible to everybody. Correct. Interesting. Correct. Uh, Peter, I really appreciate one. I've learned a, a ton more about what's happening in, in your, in your space. And I like, you know, pivoting around anything like, like the construction space, which I think sometimes gets labeled as a little bit like, oh, you know, those guys slow to change, slow to adapt. But it feels like we're at a point now where it's like the tail's wagging the dog almost a little bit, where there's so much a demand for change that everybody's eventually, like, you, you kind of have to get on the bus, right? <laughs> I, I, that was a real oversimplification, I'm aware. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. It's good. Um, Peter, what's the best way for people to learn more about you guys? Obviously, you got your website, pccintegrate.com. There's lots of good information on there. What if someone wanted to learn more or have a chat? Are you guys, I'm assuming you guys are consulting on a regular basis with companies that are maybe putting their toe in the water of this as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the, the obvious routes is probably to j- just just go to LinkedIn and look for me and I'll, I'll be the first one to keep talking because you may have noticed I quite like that. Um, <laughs> And well, it's because I believe in it. It's, it's, it's a passion, right? It's, that's that's what it's all about. Um, so thanks very much for giving us that opportunity to do that promotional thing. But quite honestly, um, as I alluded to right at the front end, we're, we're going to have a few changes as well. We've, um, we're going to take it another step. Excellent. Um, so some of those solutions that we've been providing now. So it's a case of watch this space. I can't tell you too much right now because, um, hey, we're right in the throes of it. And uh, uh, for that reason... Um, I'm just going to just leave people hanging you know, there. I like, a little cli- Watch I, I, I like a little cliffhanger at the end of the episodes. I don't usually do a dot, dot to be continued, but I have a feeling you and I may be chatting here in the, in the, in the, in the near future about, you know, beyond what's happening. I love telling Alberta success stories because I think the more we see success here, the more we believe in it. Mm-hmm. I really look forward to Thank that. Thank you, Peter. It was an absolute pleasure. Outstanding. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler.